I'm always on a plane. I'm writing code in Spain. Just making my own way. Mm-mm. Just making my own way. Mm-mm. But I keep using tools that keep me moving. It's always a new thing on my timeline. And I know it's going to be all right. Because tools is going to play, 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 play. The builds are gonna break, 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 break. I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. Shake my laptop, shake my laptop. Except don't actually shake your laptop because that would be disastrous Disclaimer, for somebody, probably you. Don't listen uh, to us ever. <laughs> if you drop it, it's all downhill from there. Don't do it. Anyways. <laughs> Rip laptop. Welcome back to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we have a guest on the show. We love our guests. Uh, we have Nicole, Nicole Dominguez here today. Say hello, Nicole. Hello. Hi. I'm so Nic- excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Uh, so Nicole is a freelance designer and front-end developer, currently in between countries in North America. Uh, just got back to the States from Mexico like this week. Right? Like yesterday, yeah. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> like less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> uh, nice. So Nicole yeah. has been traveling a bit, doing freelance work, running her own business. And we just kind of wanted to talk to her about her life. Like how like how did you decide to just get up and go? What are the tools that you use? Like there's so many fascinating things here that I'm just like, tell me about everything. Um, so we wanted to get her on the show to talk about all those things. These remote working tools. Oh, we forgot to say, and today we're talking about... <laughs> Did we? Uh, we're talking about digital nomads today. Yeah, remote working. Um, hello. Uh, Nicole, Hi. can you kind of tell us a little bit about your background, what you were doing before you started traveling and working, um, and why you ended up deciding to go that route? Yeah, sure. So um, I was a front-end developer and product designer living in New York. I was there for about four years. Um, and I had been working with this really amazing company for about two, two and a half years, um, the Shorty Awards and Minecraft. They do really awesome, cool things like put on the whole award show for the best of social media. Um, and that was a really fun experience, but I kind of was feeling like I needed to take a break for myself and just, you know, recharge and think about what I want to choose for the future. And um, I felt like New York wasn't the place for me to be anymore, and I felt like working full-time wasn't the right thing for me to do. Um, the company itself was great. Like, they let me work remotely all the time whenever I wanted, so I could have been a nomad and still worked there, but I really felt like, personally, for me to grow in the way I wanted to grow, I, I needed to take a step and freelance and, you know, chill out and take, th- take time to do things for myself, do a lot of, like, vacationing, <laughs> you know, and hanging out and be with my family and just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. Yeah, was that frightening for me? Uh, you know, I work at Corporate America, the biggest Corporate America possible, IBM. And uh, it, it's frightening to me to, to almost think about just being adrift by yourself or on your own. So how was that first step, you know, away from a stable job to, you know, all freelance, all wherever you are? And so how was that? To tell you the truth, I am very comfortable in that oh. zone of like... <laughs> being like right now actually in my life not so much but generally like i'm pretty comfortable with feeling like that because you know i have been i'm self-taught so i've been a freelancer since i was in high school so for me the idea of freelancing and being on my own was never 
new. It was always like, I've done this before. I, I know I can do it. I have a good network of, of clients and friends I know will support me. So I didn't feel anxious about, you know, can I make this work? It was more, how will I make this work? Um, you know, because it's one thing to freelance and one thing to freelance full time being away from your network, right? So because I was in New York, everyone I knew was in New York. And all right. my clients were in New York. So being away from that was what gave me a little bit more anxiety. Um, and of course, too, there have been challenges along the way that I didn't realize in the beginning going into it. Um, but at the time, you know, I'm at the, I was like maybe 21 at the time. I just I kind of wanted that new adventure and I felt like invincible and felt like I could do whatever and it would all be OK. And, you know, I, I'm the, I always have my mom's house to come back to. I always have this place I can, um, you know, don't have to pay rent. I can just hang out here. So I, I felt like if things ever went sour, I could just go back to my mom's house and hang out for a while and figure out my life. So. That's great. Um, you mentioned clients. And so that's something that I'm kind of curious about because I know that there are a lot of developers and designers out there who are interested in this idea of being able to, you know, run their own business, have that freedom, work remotely. But how do you find those clients? Like, where do you get started there? Yeah. Um, so this goes back to what I said previously, but a lot of networking and finding clients is, you know, just people that you know, like they're not just going to magically fall into your lap unless you create the mechanisms for them to do so. Right. So because I was in New York for four years, I spent the, that first year freelancing most of the time. So I was really from day one, always super focused on, you know, meeting people, getting to know what they needed and, and doing hackathons and going to meetups and doing events. And it was all this super genuine form of connection. And it wasn't, I want something from you. You want something from me. It was, Hey, we're in tech. We're nerds. Let's hang out, you know, and that's kind of how, how my, my best relationships with the clients have come about. Um, like one of the clients I have right now, they're my favorite client. Um, I met them because I used to host the Django meetup in New York and um, their CTO was one of like a frequent meetup, you know, coming, I guess Attendee, that's the word. maybe. Attendee, Attendee. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, smart. and you know, we, we had ended up going to Django conference together, like a group of us, six of us, and he was one of the six and we just happened to get along really well. and. When, when the time came where he said, you know, my company needs a designer, he, I was the first one he came to because, you know, he knew that I knew Django and I was a designer and, and I had like a cool vibe. So it's things like that where um, if you get to connect with people in person then they kind of have an understanding of, of how you work or, or, you know, even like a lot of hackathons too, like you get to actually work with that person for a whole day or a whole weekend. So thing, events like that where you are around people, I feel like are the best way to show them I'm talented. This is how I can work. This is the sad part of Austin. We don't have hackathons here. Well, we there aren't like... really that many opportunities for hackathons as adults in general, unless it's an internal company hackathon. I thought New York had you a know... fair amount of stuff. Yeah, New York You would think did. there are more, but there really aren't that many. N yeah, now there aren't. Before, there used to be a lot more. Like, back in 2012, there were a lot. But now, five years later, there's not. And just sad. We need to bring back the hack. Like, ooh. Yeah. Oh. Well, so I just ran the hackathon. Up to you now. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of hacks, um, as an adult, the, recently the ones I have enjoyed the most have been the ones that are hack travel. So like startup bus, where you're on a bus for three days and you're hacking and you're traveling to this location. Like I did that going to Austin for South by and that was amazing. I did another one on a boat in the Bahamas where for like seven <laughs> days or like six days, it was just like 30 people building like four or five startups on a boat and it was a competition. 
I mean, it was half work, half like play. What but is your life? Wait, boat- what are, wait, what are these hackathons? I need to know right now. <laughs> yeah, so the boat one is called Starter Island. Um, it's by this guy, Travis Miller. Googling now. You do, but so for the boat, the boat is your accommodation. So they feed you and they house you. And so I feel like for the price, I think I paid like 200 something. It was like fairly cheap for like wow. six days of, of living on a boat. I don't That's know. Pretty, that was awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's like cheaper That's than living really in Austin. For six days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they do subsidize it with sponsorship, but it was okay. an amazing experience. Like just to be on a boat with 30 people for six days that you don't hate because you're all nerds. Like that's kind of awesome. Okay. Know? Wait, repeat the name so I can write it down and put it in our show notes. Yeah. Starter Island. Starter Island, and also you mentioned Startup Bus. Yes, the, the new bus is actually leaving like this weekend. Oh, for twenty Very cool. These sure these are going. very relevant to my interests. So yeah, right. <laughs> Taking notes. So I feel like you know when you can combine hacking with like drinking and hanging out. Like, <laughs> drinking is optional, but you know when you can combine the hanging out part with the hacking, I feel like that's such a it's just like such a more fun experience. I mean, if, yeah. if you're if you're experienced, you know, like if you're a newbie, I wouldn't recommend it because it's like, I don't know, it can be challenging to be like stuck somewhere you can't get out of and you feel like you can't contribute that much. But you know, if you are like seasoned and you, like a hacker, like I highly recommend doing <laughs> something like this because it's it brings a lot of you know fun to the experience. Yeah, and I also like that you mentioned going to conferences and meetups as a really big, great way to network. Um, it just it kind of happens naturally, like you mentioned. You end up meeting people, and I feel like now if I was to try to start doing what you're doing, I would use that sort of network, quote-unquote, of just people that I've met who I know their work and they know my work now just from sort of being in the same place and talking about it um, to try to you know let them know, like, hey, I'm going to do this freelance thing, like, if you know anyone um, and then it kind of grows and grows yeah. from there yeah and and you know akin to that too like all you need is a tweet like if you have a good twitter network all you need is one tweet and people will come to that for you those some same people that you know those same people who that you've met before and you've had a good connection with those are the people who are going to retweet your ask or you know your tweet saying you're looking for work and that tweet can be seen by so many people like i've put out similar tweets and you know, it's been phenomenal. Just, I'm just so grateful that I have people who I feel like have my back. What it's if you so don't have a me. big online network yet? I mean, Yuna has 20k followers, but most of us are <laughs> middling also, down. Also, side note, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm gonna go do this right now. Like, I like my job, Dio. I like you. <laughs> I'm not moving, <laughs> but I'm yeah. just theoretically speaking. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> It's hard to find a replacement for Twitter. I mean, I I used to teach um, or mentor at Block. Is only at the camp. I actually just left. Like, I'm like my my last day is like tomorrow. Um, but but the reason I say that is because I always tell my students like start now building your Twitter account and building your following. Like when you go meet someone at a networking event or whatever conference, don't add them on LinkedIn. Add them on Twitter, and then you know follow up the next day find them on Twitter and say hey it was so great to meet you thanks for connecting and then that's it then they'll follow you back. You know, like that's the that's where they build the most genuine Twitter following. Um, I completely agree. In the case, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Like um, this, 
Twitter networking is just so powerful in development specifically in this technology world. And like what you were mentioning earlier is you have to put yourself out there, do the hackathons, do the meetups. That's where you meet people and then grow that network. So if you don't have one already, that's what you have to do. You have to meet people in person and really start to build and grow and then share your work and like write about it um, and then share that out. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious for a couple of questions that I have. Um, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you started 21 and it was this brave new adventure for you. You felt invincible and then you ran to some challenges along the way. So what would you describe as the biggest challenge you didn't expect it, you, that you ran into? While traveling? Or while traveling and generally. working. And yeah. While yeah, nomading. Um, in your life. <laughs> in your life. In your yeah, life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So... There are a few things. I think one of them, the the anxiety that comes with the instability of your paychecks and the instability of your work, plus the instability of your living situation. Because if I'm nomading, I'm I don't know where I'm staying two weeks out or three weeks out. Like I probably don't know where I'm going to be. Um, ideally, it's nice to say I'm going to be in this place for two months. I want to get to know everyone. I make all these friends. I'm going to go to the gym. It never happens. <laughs> for me, it never happens because you know they're usually like conferences that I'll have to come back to the States for or their events I'll have to travel to. There's something on my calendar that just doesn't allow me to have the free space for three or four weeks to be in one place, you know? And everyone I talk to says, the solution is to stay somewhere for like six weeks. I'm like, I just can't do that, you know? So so that instability of just not knowing like where you'll be physically and where you'll be work-wise really wrecks emotionally because we just don't know, like, there's just no place to call home, right? It's just like you and your suitcase and there's not anything else more that so that anxiety is terrible um but in addition to that too like there's this like crazy loneliness you just don't expect when you're traveling and you think like oh i'm gonna meet all these cool people i'm gonna hang out with the locals and like drink chillas and beer all day <laughs> it's just not like that like i actually the people in mexico that i met have been really nice but i haven't met people that have been in, in the sense friendly like in new york i could go to like any meetup and recognize people or if i don't know anyone I'm talking to everyone in that room. Like, you know, I'm fairly in the tech scene, fairly social and, and want to talk to people and meet people. In Mexico, which is the place I usually know Maddie, which is why I mentioned Mexico, um, it's not like that at all. Like, people will just flat out, like, pretend I'm not there. And it's, it's really hard to kind of, not only is there a language barrier, I mean, I'm Hispanic and I speak Spanish, but there's a language barrier and there's also, they know you're different. So they don't, there's just no incentive to get to know you. And Mexico you City specifically, uh huh. Oh, so I was just going to ask if you're talking about like the tech community there or just the general population. The tech community that I've seen in Mexico City. Yeah. And huh? it's, you know, I. Uh-huh. Sorry. How did you find the tech community wherever you went? Like, was there always a tech community when you, when you traveled or? Um, it's the kind of thing you stumble upon, like, <laughs> okay. uh, like meetups or, right. or a thing that I'll, I usually defer. Like, if I want to get to hang out with people, I'm. I'm not that social if it's just like normal people, <laughs> you know. Um, it's easier to be more social around like people I can call nerds and like people who, you know, kind of get and understand right. my lifestyle. Yeah. So the way I do that is either like meetup.com, go to meetups, or um, there's this, this nomad community. Um, for instance, like there's this, if, if, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's nomad list and they have a Slack group and they also have this function on their website where you can say where you're going to be. So it tells you who else is going to be in the same place as you're going to be. So I met people through that avenue. I met people through the Slack 
group. I, I think it's paid to join, but it was it's worth the fee for me because there's so much invaluable information. Um, so you know, if I'm if I'm Mexico, you can go into the Slack um, channel and say, "Hey, is anyone else in this place?" And, um, I've met a fair amount of nomads through that menu, which has been nice. Um, not necessarily in tech, but just people who kind of get the lifestyle and you know, we'll speak to you in English. Right. So. <laughs> That's really cool. I've I've heard of Nomad List. They also have a list of remote friendly jobs, remote okay, by sort of the same um, the person who runs Nomad List. So there's a lot of really yeah. cool good resources there if you're thinking about switching to Nomad Life or remote working. Yeah, and in the forum itself, there's uh, two or three channels that are dedicated to like freelance gigs and jobs that are not on the job board. So you kind of have to be a member to be privy to that, but. I always find that those things are interesting because you can chat directly with the person who's, you know, asking for the freelancer or asking for the employee. So it's easier just to talk to them and kind of get a feel for what they are looking for and what their budget is. So that's always, that's been a nice perk too. That's very cool. Um, I also kind of want to ask you about how you stay organized when you travel, because I know that's a really big challenge. Like how do you kind of, <laughs> keep your life like together without <laughs> or digitally <laughs> um both honestly um so to tell you the truth i'm just a really big mess so i just reduced, <laughs> we all, i reduced the mess to a suitcase and take it with me <laughs> and so i only take with me one carry-on suitcase and then one backpack and then if That's it like doesn't nothing. fit it's not going okay yeah, so wait it, so wait yeah. so you have like Clothes for two weeks. You so wash them. The on the, yeah, you wash them. The uh, okay. Oh, I know. I know. Is, yeah. Okay. I, I can't. <laughs> it's it's as big as this. a carry-on can get. Okay. Yeah, it's like a suitcase. And then, so my hack here is I only bring clothes that match with each other, and they're uh, all neutral colors. Like, it's all black clothing. Like, you're just, you're like real designer clothing, <laughs> more or less. Black jeans, black shirts. You're good to go. <laughs> My yeah, travel like hack thing. is um, bringing a lot of scarves, <laughs> so it looks like you're wearing different outfits, but really you're wearing the same cami with a different scarf on. It. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, not wait. a scarf person, but yeah, I I use similar hacks. Like I'll, I'll do a lot of layering with like jackets. So I have a jean jacket that I'll, I love to wear because jean matches everything. Um, yes. You know, and then I'll do like black pants, and then like jeans, and then. I have this like pair of bread pants really like and it doesn't match with everything but i make it work um and then i'll do like you know white shirts or like a neutral like greenish shirt and you know things like where you can mix and match and you're okay. not like you're nothing with prints just kind of like solid colors and then shoes is hard because i want to bring a lot of them, you know? so it's yeah because like, you also don't know what you're gonna be doing yeah yeah and also too like sometimes you're packing for multiple climates like um, I was supposed to go on this trip to Colombia. It's like 40 degrees, but I was also in the same trip. I was supposed to go to Mexico where it's like 90 degrees. So it's like, how do you pack that? You know? Yeah, um, I've been there. So that's challenging. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, I just buy things I need because <laughs> you can't always bring everything. You can't always plan for everything. So I just try to like, actually, I bring things that are disposable. So I have to like stop something out. I don't mind throwing it away. Because it's like not like an item I can't rebuy or you know wasn't super expensive, so I do a lot of like cheaper clothes just because it's, I know it's not going to last me a long time. Because you can never really 
control if you're going to spill like ketchup on you you can't control the the strength of the dryer at the dry at the laundromat you know like things like that you could just never know when they're going to get destroyed i have like bent down and like ripped a hole in my pants you know it's like you can't you can't like keep these things forever so i just plan for them not to be kept forever also the cost difference is kind of nice like when you're used to new york prices i remember i went to berlin <laughs> a couple years ago and i just had so much in my suitcase but I went shopping in Berlin because it was so inexpensive and I loved the clothes there. So I ended up just Berlin leaving some of my clothes in the hotel room. <laughs> and I just yeah, moved on. yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like um, the last Airbnb I was at, they're like, hey, we saw the key, but like, are you still here? Because of all this stuff. I'm like, no, it's for you. Take it. It's for me. You can have all this stuff. <laughs> so I, yeah, like I sometimes it's nice uh, if it's newer stuff or not clothes, but if it's like beauty products, whatever that is like newer and least half of it, or, you know. I can't take with me um i try to leave it for the maid even if it's like food i didn't get to eat just because it's like you never know what if someone could want this stuff or could donate it or give it to someone like i i don't ha i don't know if they want it so i just give them the option to like either throw it away or take it but it's yours you know <laughs> instead of just like throwing it away because you never yeah. know uh what about digitally how do you kind of organize your work and um any tasks that you have to do while you're traveling or even just finding places to travel and flights. There's so much there. Yeah, I have a long list of tools I use. Um, so digitally, when, because I'm a freelancer, you know, it kind of depends on the client and how they run their stuff. So I'm always on Slack usually. It's kind of the best tool to collaborate when there's more than one person. Um, but a lot of my clients use Trello. And then for my own business personally, I like to use, um, Bonsai. Bonsai is cool because um, it creates contracts and invoices at the same time. Ooh. So not only do you need invoices, but you also always need a contract. Like, do not touch a project without a contract. <laughs> it's a very serious thing. Um, I have been burned so many times before, and I just know better not to not use a contract. Um, so the thing about Bonsai is cool because like, it makes it just like for you on the fly. Like, it's it should hold up legally. I mean, obviously you'd want to get a lawyer, but if, if you can't afford one or you don't have time for one, this is the next best thing. Um, it's just really, in plain English spells out like like pricing, you can spell out, um, you know, payment terms like net 30 or whatever. You spell out if there's a late fee, you can spell out the spec so the client knows they're getting exactly A, B, and C, nothing more. If there's more than that, you can say that you'll charge them at your hourly rate. Um, so it's things like that where, all the specific nitty gritty that people don't think about are things that like I'm very like on top of because oh. I've just had so many experiences over the years where like I've just been screwed over. So I prefer to keep everything in writing and then everyone's happy. And you know, since using it, I haven't ever had a problem with my, with like legally with my clients. That's very a good. Cool. That's bon a really good pro so tip right there. Hollow bonsai. All right, that's the... Yeah, hello bonsai. Okay. They they used to be free, I think, and but they just recently started charging. Um, like a monthly fee, which I'm kind of like salty about. I don't know if I'll continue using them, <laughs> but you know, that's that's what I like to use on a pinch. If you're using like a fast contract, I highly recommend it. And then, okay, um, cool. they, I also use my in do invoicing for them because it's all my stuff is already there. But essentially, my clients can pay via Stripe, so bank transfer or credit card, mm. um, or PayPal. So, cool, pretty convenient. And we'll have a link then, to all of these in the show notes, just so you know. Yeah. And then my second favorite thing to use is something called Cushion. 
Um, it's this really cool app that kind of helps freelancers and small businesses um, imagine their runway. Um, obviously, it's for people with client services, but you know, you can kind of say, like, input all of your projects, input all the due dates and end dates, input like when, like, when you'll invoice them, and, and it'll show you this like, nice, nifty graph. You know, for May, I'm making this much, in June, I'm making this much, in August, I'm supposed to be making this much. Here's my projected, expected income, but obviously, until someone pays you, it's not, it's never set in stone because it could always be later. Um, so, I like to use. Uh -huh. Okay. What was this? What was this called? Cushion app. Cushion. Cushion. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's another paid tool, but it's worth it. I paid for it the year up front, and I think it's been really worth it. And just peace of mind, you know, like it's it's so when you're a freelancer, you never know when your next paycheck is going to come. But I feel like at least with this tool, I feel like okay, I'm supposed to make X Y Z this much this month, and it helps me feel like more at ease with, you know, I'm not like starving or you know. The other thing too, it helps you realize, oh, I need a new client for next month because I don't have anything. So this tool kind of helps me see all that visually and helps me plan just for, for that side of my business. Cushion app is really beautiful. Um, it's a really well-designed yeah. app. And I know a few yeah. people who work in tech as freelancers, even if they're not nomading, that do use this and kind of swear by it. Um, people who like, I just am in such awe of the work they do that do some kind of freelancing on the side. This really helps them to organize that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's a good one. Yeah, um, I got to meet the, um, I guess the founder or the builder, Johnny. He's so awesome. He invited me into their co-working space. I got to hang out with them and like, they're just like the nicest people. So I'm happy to support them in any way I can. Oh, that's great. Super cool. So these are both, uh, these are both budgeting, invoicing. Um, what do you do for travel? Like, how do you like figure out where you're gonna stay, like physically? You, you mentioned that that instability was your, one of your biggest challenges. So, any tools there? Yeah. So, well, personally, I chose to mostly go in and out of Mexico because the idea of like traveling the whole world at once is gives me too much anxiety. Thinking like I can go everywhere and do everything. So, like, limiting it to one country or, like, one area at a time um, was helpful in that sense. Also, because I speak Spanish, that right. made that transition a lot easier. There's less, you know, shock when you get there. Um, but, so, in doing research for that, too, what I use a lot of those nomad lists, like, their data on different countries and different cities to go to was really helpful in the beginning when I, had, when I hadn't ever gone to Mexico yet, back, like, a year or two ago. Um, so in planning like where I wanted to go initially, Nomad List was super useful. It helps, but it gives you um, pricing. Gives you pricing on how much it costs to live there, on co-working spaces, on just like things like a bottle of coke. Um, it tells you like who's there at the time. It tells you like ideas about safety and um, gender ratios and things like that. So that was helpful. It's helpful when you don't know anything about a place. At least you get this like basic information. I also want to like um, jump in here and like add on to that so nomad list also has wi-fi speed uh, averages uh, in different crucial. countries yeah this is so <laughs> crucial because this is how i decided to live in porto portugal um i was looking at nomad list and it had really great cost of living really good wi-fi speeds and it was just a beautiful beautiful city i don't think that would have like been at the top of my list otherwise cause i didn't really know about it until i went and i lived there for three weeks and it was the best 
like month of my life. It was beautiful. And I worked remotely from Porto and it was like, ah, thank you, Nomad List, for that little tidbit. Um, but that was like my Very. number one thing. Whenever I was looking for a place, I was looking at the Wi-Fi speed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super jealous. Like, I'm dying to go to Spain and dying to go to Portugal. You can, um, girl. You, you so can do all of this. <laughs> I can, yes. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, no matter. Um, another thing I like to use <laughs> once I decide where I'm going. Um, another thing I like to do will just I go straight to Airbnb. Um, okay. I'm a host on Airbnb, so I like giving back to the community, and I, you know, I like being a guest. I started out as a guest, um, and I've been using it for years. So the first place I go is Airbnb to just like see what's what's up. Um, however, as I'm getting older now, I'm just more and more picky about like the place I'm staying. So I'm just like, more hostels no longer like, a uh, option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more cranky about like noise and like, if, the, if there's like an in-room bathroom, cause like, I don't want to see people on the way to the bathroom. It's like, things like that where like, <laughs> I just don't want to be like in a shared space. So I, it, Airbnb is getting harder to justify like the whole, like being in a room in someone's house. Um, even though the entire place experience, like my last place in Mexico, there was like a super long party for like three days like straight. I'm just like, I have a few minutes on the room. <laughs> it was, so stuff like that is just frustrating. It's like you can't go and complain to like the front desk, you know, like, right. you like yeah. something I have to deal with it. Um, but when I'm looking at hotels, I will look at like something like Expedia or Booking. It's not my favorite thing to go to, but it's kind of one of the only other options we've got. Um, I have a Chase Sapphire preferred card. Have so you the metal card? The metal card, yes. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I have enough points, I'll, I'll go through their travel system and book like a week and pay half in points, half in, do in dollars. So it's, I feel like I'm getting a deal, <laughs> even though I'm probably not. Um, so, so that's kind of cool too. If I have need to stay in a hotel, I'll do that. But travel hack, that's the best card you can get for traveling. I highly recommend it. So that's a nice pro tip. I have the Capital One Venture card, but I know that your card is better. So. Yeah, it, 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 comes with, it comes with um, travel insurance too. Like, uh, not it doesn't cover everything, but it covers like if you have a um, a delayed flight, like one to four hours, they'll pay you for like a hotel or whatever. So things like that, like if you oh my god, that's lost, so nice. Yeah, it's like it, it's not. It, I wouldn't use it for your primary, but if you forget or you don't get to buy it or whatever, it's a short trip. It's worth it just for to have. Just in case, like you don't know what happens. So. Yeah. Okay. I have to be the time tracker. We are like running up to our show limit. Um, do you have any sort of last tips or tricks or tools that you want to mention briefly? Always use a VPN wherever you go. <laughs> Get it. If you don't have one right now, buy yourself access to a VPN, it's virtual private network. You need one to stay safe, to stay safe wherever you are, just because you never know when someone could hack the Wi-Fi that you're at, you're using, or you're in a public space with coworking space. For a hotel, you want to be on a VPN, so I highly recommend that. What I use is um, private internet access, just because it's the first one I've ever used and I really like it. Um, and I guess my second thing is I don't have a second thing. So <laughs> last thing. <laughs> the cake is a lie. Yeah, VPNs. Okay, awesome. Those are some really, really good pro tips like for getting started digital nomading and some really good resources. So thank you for that. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you want to say to our users, listeners, users, what? <laughs> our 
are listening. User base. Yeah. Any shout outs you want to make? Um, yeah, the, so the two shout outs are, I have this, I started this travel blog, lifestyle slash travel blog, um, it's so devious.net. Um, I just wrote a post about Mexico City and I'm going to hopefully write more stuff soon. And then my second shout out is that I'm looking for a job. Um, I want to stop nomading soon, hopefully, <laughs> and just to like stabilize my life, you know. Um, and I'm looking for something full time, um, just to get back into the industry and, um, focus like really seriously on my design career. So I'd love to do more product design and do something full-time. Sweet. So if you're looking for a worldly rad product designer and front-end developer, Nicole is looking. So let her know. Um, her website is NicoleDominguez.com. Her Twitter is so devious, And she also has this travel blog, SoDevious.net. So make sure to check that out as well. Um, thank you again for being on our show. And thank you, listeners, for listening. If you like the show, Please, please, please rate, like, give us stars on iTunes or whatever podcast tool you use. Um, also, if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash toolsday. If you want to request any episodes or send us some comments or just share the show, because that's a really great thing that you can do as well that makes us happy and grows our audience. We need you. <laughs> um, toolsday has a Twitter account, twitter.com slash toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. Whew. And thank you for listening this week. We'll see you next time.